Now, Father, I pray, Lord, pour out your spirit upon us that your word would be spoken and your word alone received. For we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Well, our readings uh, this morning, our readings give us good news and bad news. Now, in the tradition of joke telling, it's appropriate to start with the good news. So, you know, for example, the good news is that the Alder Guild voted to send the priest in charge a get well card. The bad news is that the vote was eight to seven. <laughs> it took a second, but you, yeah. <laughs> or the good news is that the elders of the church accepted the senior pastor's job description the way he wrote it. But the bad news is they were so inspired by it, they formed a search committee to find someone who was able to fill the job. <laughs> well, we've got good news and bad news in the scripture this morning, but because this is no joke, I'm going to start with the bad news, or at least what looks like bad news. It turns out that it's not. I'll come back to that at the end. But what appears to be bad news is simply, simply stated. And it is that God has very, very high standards for us, for our behavior, for our lives. Very high standards indeed. Uh, look at the psalm for a second. You don't have to look. I'll just tell you. Psalm 15. Who can approach God? Who can dwell in his shelter, go on his holy hill? In other words, enter life with God. The answer, one who leads a blameless life. Blameless, who always does what is right, tells the truth, is guileless, righteous, and does no wrong, and is a companion only of good people. Or look at Deuteronomy chapter 4, our reading from Deuteronomy. Who's going to live and not be destroyed by God? And who will go on in their life to fulfill God's plan for their lives and be good witnesses for God? Answer, those who keep all of God's commandments, all his statutes and laws, who do not add to the law, and do not subtract from it, but keep the law fully and diligently and teach it to their children and their grandchildren. I mean, seriously, who can meet these standards? And then Jesus in the gospel makes it even worse news. For he's saying, in effect, that God judges not just by what's appears to, uh, what, what we're doing and what we say and what we claim, but he judges our hearts. He says to the Pharisees and the scribes, you're, you're condemned because you, you honor God with your lips and the outward stuff, but your hearts are far from him. It's our hearts that are judged. Are we devoted to God in our hearts, so devoted that we keep his commandments just out of love for him? And then Jesus rounds out the bad news. This is the worst of all, telling us that our hearts are full of evil, that we don't have to take in defiling things from the outside, the evil resides within our hearts. The human heart, he says, is the source of evil thoughts and deeds. Immorality, theft, murder, adultery, and all the rest, they come from within our hearts. I don't know about you, but this seems kind of bad news, does it not? The standard for life, for eternal life, for being pleasing and acceptable to God is purity of heart. Devoted to God, as it reveals itself in the outward things that we do in our thoughts, words, and deeds, but it's our hearts that he's concerned with. Our hearts are filled to overflowing with evil, with what defiles us, which makes us unacceptable to God. It's all within, and yet he requires 
purity of heart. This is the universe we live in. I've said it at 8 o'clock. I, I don't write this stuff. I don't make it up. It's just in the word of God. God's standard for us for eternal life, a life blessed of him, is perfection, fully devoted to him. But our hearts are hopelessly evil. They're not devoted to him. And what's more, we can't change our hearts any more than we could do open-heart surgery on ourselves. We can't do it. Anybody succeeded in changing their own heart? Who's made, a, who's made a New Year's resolution here and kept it for more than about a week or maybe a month? <laughs> I'm talking to the right people. We can't change our hearts. Yes, I'm just going to change my heart. I'm going to do better. We don't change our own hearts. And so what could possibly be good news in this universe where God says in his word he's going to hold us to an extremely high standard while he knows that we don't have the heart for it, that we can't meet the standard. Now, I hope, pray that you already know what the good news is. That's the bad news. What's the good news? I hope you know already. In fact, I'm so sure that you do that I'm going to stop right now. <laughs> Why do they laugh? Why are we laughing? No, I'm not going to stop quite yet. It's important to be sure, just in case you're not clear about the good news, I'm going to spell it out. The good news is simple. The good news is straightforward. The good news is that God has made a way for us, for you and for me, to be counted as holy. To be counted as holy, as righteous, as pure, as worthy of eternal life with him, even though we're not. That's the good news. He's made a way for us, for you and I, despite the evil in our hearts, to be counted as righteous for heaven-bound righteousness, eternal life, even though we're not. And that way is to believe in Jesus Christ. The way is to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior to accept for ourselves, each of us individually, that Jesus Christ died for my sins and then to make him the Lord of my life. This is good news. And it's basic Christianity. It's Christianity 101. If you go home today and somebody says, well, what did he say this morning from the pulpit? You say, well, he talked about Christianity 101. The basics, the core that we are credited, you and I, accounted righteous, accounted holy by God, not based on what we do and say, but by what we believe, by entrusting ourselves to Jesus Christ, giving our lives to him to manage, and trusting him for forgiveness. Now, when we do that, our lives begin to reflect that decision, that commitment. And so we should see some change in our behavior. But it isn't the change in behavior that God is ju judging. It is rather the decision we made, the commitment we made. Did we entrust our lives to Christ? And the Lord knows our evil hearts. He's not surprised at what's inside of us. He knows that we're not able to believe 
on our own, that we're not able to entrust ourselves to Christ on our own. We talked about this last week. Our wills are in bondage. We're prisoners of sin. But God in his provenient grace, his grace that flows over the whole earth, has given us the ability to choose, the ability to, to commit our lives by his grace alone. Everybody, that applies to everybody. Not everybody makes that decision. Not everybody commits to Christ. But we're all able by his grace. He gives us in his mercy an ability to choose. That's good news. The good news doesn't end there. That's the good news. That's the central core. But when we have accepted Christ as Lord, then he gives us more. He gives us the Holy Spirit to live within us that we can begin to change how we live. And it doesn't end there either. Paul in the epistle today is giving us even better, not better, but more advice on how to live this life, how to live in this world, how to protect the faith that we have. He's talking to Christians here in, in Ephesians. He's writing to the church, a church he founded, a church where he knows their hearts, that they have given their lives to Christ. And he's telling them how to live that out. Be strong in the Lord. You're in Jesus now, so put on the full armor of God. God has armor for us to wear. We don't go out into this world clothed only in ourselves. We go out clothed in the armor of God. Put on the armor, he says, so you can stand against the devil's schemes. In other words, we have evil in our hearts, but that's not all the evil in the world. There's also an external evil, the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly realms. They're aligned against us. They try to take away what we've done with our hearts. Paul is saying you can walk in this world in the armor of God and live that life with truth fastened around us like a belt, God's truth, which is Holy Scripture with a, our hearts covered with a breastplate of righteousness, this protective shield within the heart and over the heart that comes from the righteousness of Christ. Our feet shod with the gospel so that we can go out into the world with a purpose, with, with, a, with a role to play to share the good news that we've gotten in Jesus Christ. Our minds shield with a helmet of salvation that we know that we're saved. We go forth in confidence and with the word of God as a sword, he said. Take up the word of God as a sword of the spirit. And we think of, you know, going out and slashing against some enemy. Well, okay, slash against the devil with the word of God. It has power. But it also has power within our own hearts. The scripture says that the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of our heart. Good news. Good news. God has made a way for you and for me to be counted as righteous, as holy, fit for eternal life by believing, by accepting Jesus Christ and entrusting our lives to him. He's given us his Holy Spirit to strengthen that decision and to strengthen our hearts to be able to live the faith. And he's given us the ability to choose that by his grace and mercy. And he's given us armor to wear righteousness, salvation, his word, prayer. I started out by saying the bad news isn't really bad, and it's not bad news. The standard that God holds us to of perfection. 
Without that, without that news, that this is, this is the standard for human behavior, without that, we wouldn't know what God was like. We wouldn't know his righteousness and his holiness and his demand for purity. We wouldn't know what he requires of us. Without the bad news, we wouldn't know our need of a savior. Without the bad news of a sinful heart and God's high standard, I would submit to you there's no good news. What we need, you and I, in this world is reality. We need to know what's really going on. And that is never bad news, to know the truth. It's simply what we need to know in order to make a right choice, a good decision. And so we know, if you, if you didn't know coming in this morning, well, I suspect you know now, or at least I hope you do, there is good news by accepting Christ as Lord and Savior making him Lord of our lives. We know, and so let's make the right choice. You've made it already wonderful. Make it again. When you come, next time you're here, we'll have communion. When you go up to the rail, that's what we do. We hold up our hands to receive. Wafer, yes, but receive, we're receiving Christ once again. Something we can do over and over again. Reaffirm the commitment. Renew our dedication. And then, hearts committed and armor on and filled with the Spirit, let us go forth in the name of Christ. Thanks be to God.